1: Today's episode of Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks to any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to jeff.robinhood.com. That's Jeff with the G G-E-O-F.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co/slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robin the Financial is not a bank.
0: Just very grateful for, you know, the experience of playing this year for this team, this organization, and um, and over the course of my career too. So, uh, I appreciate it. I hope I, I've, I've always,
2: uh, you know, tried to do the right thing out there, and um, who knows what the future holds. So, we'll leave it at that.
1: From The Athletic, I'm Jeff Schwartz. Dallas and Carolina have new head honchos. Tom Brady has a decision to make, and is Taysom Hill the best kept secret in the NFL? It's Tuesday, January 7th, and this is Jeff Schwartz of Smarter Than You. Welcome, everyone, into the program. What a wild and crazy wildcard weekend! Where uh unfortunately I, I was not smarter than y'all i don't think i got one i think i was 0 for four in straight up picks this weekend it was a wild weekend two six seeds win um which i didn't see coming at all and uh now we have the patriots dead and done gabe goodwin are you happy now your patriots are done
2: i don't know if i believe it yet when i was in high school we lost to this team and then like a week later, it turned out they had an ineligible kid on the team. So we got put back in the tournament. We won the tournament that Wait, they, year. they put you back in? They put us back in even though we lost to an ineligible team. So they just advanced us. We beat the next two teams. Champs. What sport is this? This is basketball. Wow. Temple Temple Basketball League, in fact. Sophomore year. Big <laughs> big thing for me and my friends. Could happen again for the Patriots. Stand by. This is, Derek Henry
1: is ineligible. The Patriots are back in the playoffs.
2: They're not only back in, advancing to the next round. So I'm not uh, I'm not yeah. ruling it out until I see a next group of teams win.
1: Uh, I think for you and for most people's sakes, the Patriots are officially dead. Dead. At least this year. And this is what we're going to talk about. I, I don't know if it's next year. I'll let you go first because you're the Patriots hater. And I know you're reveling in this uh, lack of success they had this season. But um you you pitch me why this is over now
2: well okay hold on jeff so let's just remind everyone how this is meant to work i am the internet people okay Okay, i channel the feelings (laughs) the ideas sometimes the literal takes of the internet i i pull them from the people you see on tv the people you follow on twitter the fans who tweet at jeff that's where most of these ideas come from every now and then though it's just what this guy's brain thinks with the patriots i admit my bias Okay, so I'm going to dive deep into the Patriots. I just have to throw an over-under at you first because it's breaking news and a name close to our heart. Matt Rule, hired by the Panthers, the great Matt Rule, over-under, five and a half wins this coming season, Jeff. Over.
1: Oh, wow, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, who you despise. You actually don't despise. I don't, don't know understand. anything about him. You don't understand that. The so Rule, I, so Rule I text, begins. So I text two of, well, we have this group chain of of basically college football people. And, and one works for ESPN, one works for CBS, one works for NFL Network. And so I texted the group today and said, give me your Matt Rule stuff and here are the answers. You ready? He's just a ball coach. Yeah. He's coached almost every position, both sides of the ball. Developer, not stubborn, will adjust to talent. Persona- uh, personality will not uh, drive guys away. His players at Baylor love him. He coaches uh, hard, but develops oh. like crazy.
2: All right, and wait a said, second. He, I he didn't says, know he coached hard. That and, he was he not... said,
1: and this is where I think this is where I think what is advanced about him compared to other coaches, in my opinion. Um, he says this my friend of mine met with two head coaches in college football this past week for his scouting stuff. And he said that out of the two of them, Matt Rule has a great understanding of analytics, kind of biophysical traits uh-huh. and how to train players, things like that. So I think that um that that is a big part of of this is that he he David Tepper the Panthers owner wants to be analytical he wants to to base his franchise around this new emerging trend of using analytics to to build your team and and to game plan and function in that manner and I think that is why Rule was hired uh, but dude he took Temple a perennial crap team to 11 wins. He took Baylor, a team that had only won with RG3 a Heisman winner to 11 wins in a big big time bowl game. I mean I think I think you're I think you're mocking him because you don't know him. Uh but I think he's better than the mocking you're giving him.
2: I'm not mocking him. I'm mocking the media and those of us with takes out there who went from I don't know who this guy is, but I'm now going to convince myself he's one of the best candidates for an NFL coaching job alive. The guy was 47 and 43 as a college coach at two programs that haven't won anything meaningful in a long, long time. And good for him for improving them. And I'm happy to a year, two years from now to say, you know what, man? Matt Rule's a great coach. He's the football guy with a T-1000 analytical mind. That's awesome. I like this guy. I'm willing to give him the chance. I just didn't understand why we all had to jump up and talk about how he has to have a job. He's turning down the Browns. He's going to be the Cowboys coach. Why is all I ask. So here, well, guess what? I this mean, seems I mean, like a good I, fit.
1: I just I just gave you the, the reason why, but I also think that um, that part of it is, you know, the media obviously can hype up a candidate, right? I mean, we see that all the time where, you know, and we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy in a, in a second, the new Cowboys coach. I mean, he did, uh, you know, a six-minute video clip with NFL Network and went to PFF for six weeks or I mean six hours, and now all of a sudden he has um, you know a a new you know a new energy, and he's looked at much differently than he was two years ago. So we know the media plays a role in how this. I think Matt Rule though, and I mean these are football guys that that I I talk to. I mean I I trust their opinion on this type of stuff. Um, and when I've asked them about coaches before, they've been pretty right. So while he's not a big name, uh, I think it's a good hire. And look, we see. Gabe, all the time that that big names don't often turn out to be the best coaches Uh, right now as we're doing this. The Cowboys are I mean, the the Giants are interviewing Jason Garrett to be their head coach. Right. And would you have Jason Garrett or Matt Rule?
2: You probably have the unknown, right? I think I would take Matt Rule again. I'm not hating on Matt Rule. I just wanted to know how it is that we as a population of media takers went from. Let me double check who this guy is and where he's worked before to he must get hired this off season. And I have suspected that he has very good people behind the scenes, hyping him up and making connections for him. And you know the what? Same Maybe, let's agent
1: go as like urban and Lincoln Riley. He's got a big time agent.
2: I bet he does. And and listen, let, let him go. Let him go. Show was the right move. I think Carolina's a great job. You get the most exciting offensive player out there. You can do what you want at quarterback. Cause we don't think cam's coming back, which means you can decide if this Allen kid's your guy or you want to go draft someone or you want to, you know, sign someone. I, I think they got a pretty decent team all around. Like they, they probably could have won a few more games if they hadn't had to give up at the end of the year. So I, I like it. Good for Matt Rule. I will not trash him ever again. I just thought the coverage of him was completely absurd. Let's get into the coverage of somebody else who I find to be easier to make fun of. Um, and that's the guy you teased at the top of the show, Tom Brady. Okay, so a few things you need to know just in case you'd forgotten. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he went to Harvard. Antonio Gates played basketball in college, and Tom Brady is a free agent for the first time in his career. Get used to hearing it, everybody. It's going to lead every show until the day he signs somewhere. I think, I'm with Vegas here, I think he should think about the Chargers or the Browns now that it doesn't look like Dallas is where he's going. There are other teams out there, though. Jeff, where does Tom Brady make the most sense to play? And please, please try to tell me it's not Cleveland. Cleveland makes... So much sense. I want it so bad. Well, so Where's he going?
1: He's staying in New England. What? Um, yeah, and, and I know it's fun to, to do the 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 Cowboys thing that we've done for a little bit of time, but now with McCarthy there, that's not happening. That's not happening. So here's why I think it's New England. And Dan Orlovsky, who works for ESPN, I had him on the radio the other day. He made a great point about the money. So let's start with the money. It's what I was talking about, right? He's always taking less. And I've always thought that the idea of taking less because his wife makes a lot of money is kind of rubbish. Like, it's not that big of a difference in the money he's taking less of. And then I don't think his wife has anything to do with it, okay? Um, actually, he's taking less to help the team. And, and part of that is, and we've talked about this, is where is that reinvestment going back into the team? Where is he seeing that help him win it? Really, it hasn't, right? Nikhil Harry, uh, the rookie this year, Sonny michelle They ha- they never replaced Gronkowski, right? There's issues they have in person. On We'll get to that in just a second. So, But, but damn it, the, the good point. Why now, at his age, would he want to break the bank? Like, why now would he want to go to the Chargers in a half-empty stadium with no offensive line in a tough division, just to make thirty million dollars a year? Which obviously in California is not thirty million dollars a year. Like, why now would he want to break the bank? He could have done it many times in his career. So, I, I agree with that point.
2: Well, okay, I, think, I, I do too. But can I just interrupt you for yeah, one yeah, second? Go ahead. The stadium wouldn't be half full with Tom Brady. That's I the don't theory. Think people, that's the theory. Okay.
1: Do you think? Do you think people in L.A. Seriously, you, you live in L.A. Yeah. Do you think if the Chargers started 0-2 with Tom Brady? People would show up to the stadium for the third game.
2: No, they would need okay. to start Leonardo DiCaprio to fill the stadium. Okay. But, yeah. uh, but I think the theory is he would not allow them to be 0-2, and, and then the Tom Brady mystique would fill the place up the way the Kobe mystique did. And, and obviously, you know LeBron's still a great player, but L.A. affords its stars a little extra. Zlatan came here right. and, and made people very right. excited.
1: But he was very—I mean, he was like very, very good though too. I mean, remember he was making like crazy goals and yeah, like, he yeah. Was, And that stadium is tiny compared to the new one. Which, by the way, you know, of course, every journalist who ever flies in LA has got to take a picture of it. It's like it's like it's like uh, like me, it's like a, like a journalistic code or something. Yeah. But I like, but dude, the stadium looks massive. It looks p- pretty awesome from. From above,
2: it is it um, is going to be great. uh That's why they need a big star yeah. like him. But I took so, you I, off your point, so, so you know so I, I, no, the money I, okay, is not. I, it. I
1: understand that the money is not that. So if Brady is still playing, he's playing to win. Okay, not winning in Los Angeles. All right, we we, we understand that. He's not going to Dallas. Not winning in Cleveland. So the why, question: Wait, 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 why not? Because ownership sucks. They they have a terrible, they have a terrible infrastructure there. The owner meddles too much. They, they there's no history of winning in Cleveland. Does he want to play with all those divas at wide receiver with a bat? their offensive line is awful. He's never had a bad offensive line. This year, a bunch of injuries, and they, they really didn't play terribly the other night. But they, they made they made it through. He doesn't want to go to Cleveland, okay? He's not going to Cleveland. He's not going to Browns. Never ending his career in, in Cleveland, all right? Okay. So so we can look, by the way, at other teams where Payton Manning went to Denver. He had a great chance to win in Denver. He could have made more in Nashville. He could have made more with, with another team. Um, you know, we saw. You know, uh, um, uh, Favre went to Minnesota. He went to the NFC Championship game. Like he w- you know, wants to win, right? Like you want to win. The Titans are a good are a good team. If he wants to go win somewhere, I think they. If he goes there with their offensive line, their run game, their improving defense, obviously knows Vrabel well. That would be a good spot for him. But I think in the end, game is that it's mutually beneficial for Brady and the Patriots to figure out a way to make this work. Because the best chance to win is staying in New England. And you have to find a way to get these weapons. And look, Nikhil Harry, I think, will be okay with a full offseason. Remember, he was hurt a lot this year. But they have to get a tight end. They have to get another wide receiver. Like, they have to commit to getting guys that help this offense. Not just this being stubborn and not paying for guys. You're going to have to overpay to get some weapons for Tom Brady. Also, I think, for the for the Patriots' side game... Is that if the Patriots let Tom Brady go, that's the end of everything. Like I think that that's the end. Like everyone's like they're an older team, and they're gonna just cut everyone and just move on. And Belichick is probably leaving. I don't know Belichick wants to coach a rebuilding Patriots team, so it feels like it's mutually beneficial for both of them to come to an agreement, to work on the roster, pay Tom Brady, you know, a little below market value, and try to win again next year. The in the year after.
2: Okay, that's very logical. I would love to. Picnics here with your arguments but I can't all of that made (laughs) sense there was a few parts that I didn't consider that made me smarter thank you I guess I just have to dig into the like human being part of this it's out there these guys are aware that we all think they're breaking up so you're saying this is like Brangelina here like with every you know, month at the grocery store. Do they still sell those uh, magazines at the grocery store checkout line? You know, with the head.
1: I'm sure they do, but. All um, right.
2: They've been breaking up for my whole lifetime, right? They were the hottest couple in Hollywood. And then for every month since then, we've been told, oh, man, they're breaking up. Oh, they're good. And they never did. And they're still happy, it seems. And they're they're still like Hollywood's biggest couple, I guess. You're saying they're just going to get over all these rumors and all these reports and just go back to work and just be Brady and Belichick forever and ever.
1: I mean part I mean they're professionals right I mean that's their job is to do this and also I mean look Gabe, they've been together for so long now they're gonna have disagreements and arguments and and not like each other at times um but I don't know if Tom Brady at his age wants to start over with a new training staff with a new a new weight a new weight coach a new a new building to be in a new way to to install and watch film and of course some of those he'll bring over with him to a new team. Um, but, you know, a new practice schedule, a new uh, way to to do, you know, to handle fourth downs. I just, I don't think he, I think he, he has a lot of control what happens there. And I think that, that knowing and being familiar with the way things work is a big reason why they've been so successful. They just kind of do the same thing over and over again. It just seems to work out obviously didn't this year. And I don't know if he, at his age he wants to start over again somewhere else and try to do the same thing, you know, kind of create the same thing again. And may, maybe he's ready for that. Maybe he's ready to do something different at this age. But I don't know how many, you know, I'll call use air quotes, old guys in any profession that like to reinvent themselves at kind of the end of their profession. It doesn't seem like something that Brady would be really interested in doing.
2: All right. I, I'll buy that a reinvention at that age wouldn't be appealing, but – I think that we're talking about with each of them, like massive egos that they, that he at least Brady hides pretty well that are in conflict because as we've talked about and you're suggesting, like they can't share credit for this dynasty evenly. They each think they're the 51%. And until they break up and try to do it on their own, they can't validate that thought. Can't they can't make that case to the public? So doesn't that mean something to each of them to just show they're the guy? I mean, I Yeah, but yeah, but okay.
1: But Belichick, I think Belichick's obviously very bright and he cares a lot about his legacy. Does he really want, does he really want to be in charge of a rebuilding program without a franchise? Like they're not set up. Like Jimmy G's gone. Like Brady won that. They're they're not set up to, to rebuild. There's nothing left to rebuild with. Like if Brady leaves. Are you drafting a quarterback at, at 25 and then Bill's starting over the, with, with a rookie? Are you – like what do you but at that point? think? But doesn't he
2: think that's, that's workable? Doesn't he think he can pull that off? I don't think he off? does.
1: I don't think he does because I think part of this is that they're a very old team and they have they have a bunch of guys that are free agents as well. But I don't think you're going to want to match up in kind of an old decaying team with a young quarterback. I feel like if you're going to do the young quarterback route, you're going to be try to be young everywhere and take the three years it takes to kind of develop a team – under that guy, maybe maybe Belichick is up for that challenge, and and, and it's something that it's quite possible he's up for that challenge, um, but if it doesn't happen, it does tarnish his legacy quite a bit. So I, I'm I think it'd be better if they just decided hey, let's give it a year or two. And look, they might draft a quarterback this year. They might like, like go sign a Ryan Tannehill in this offseason and have a, a quality backup behind Tom Brady in case something happens. Or you know, I don't think they can afford to spend a high draft pick on a quarterback, so they're really not going to have a quarterback in the future. But find something to do to maybe start to build to your future. But I, I just can't see Tom and, and Belichick being like, ah, this is, I, they, it works better for them if they all stay together.
2: Okay well also by the way breaking news Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie they are divorced <laughs> I don't know, I don't yeah. know why, why I thought they were still together but I think they've been divorced for years It took a long time but eventually that that time came so uh, my analogy often suspicious with my analogies this one especially bad um, I, I let me throw a few at more at you before we m- turn to the Cowboys the other teams listed as possibles that I don't think we've touched on yet so you talked about the Browns you dismissed that one pretty quickly. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are our similar bet in Vegas for a place where Brady lands. With the new coach, Matt Rule, the genius. Uh, any chance? Just quick um, quick answers on these. You think no. yes or no? No, not with the new coach. Okay, the Las Vegas Raiders with Gruden. Interesting. Um, I
1: Actually, think it could work, but I think Gruden, probably too strong of a personality. I would probably say no on that. But that, that's actually really interesting. They got good offensive line, young parts on defense. They had a really good draft last year. Um, that that team is fascinating to me. I could I could see – because in that offense, Brady would do well in. It's a West Coast offense, quick throws. They don't put a lot of, of stress on deep passing in that offense. He also he, you know, his arm strength will be fine there. Great I, tight I, end, I, couple I, little I, shifty I,
2: receivers. I think
1: that, out of all the teams, is actually very interesting. It's possible.
2: Okay. Uh, Bucks. we're going to say no because they re-signed Jameis. Broncos, that sounds like they got their guy with Locke. Dolphins are going to go use a draft pick, we think. Vikings might win the damn Super Bowl with Cousins. So we're going to rule all those out. So you're they, after all of this, would you say it's Patriots most likely, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Chargers, but it's a bad idea? I think the Titans are a good one. And Titans. Okay, well, we'll see. Let's say if they win another game with Tannehill, it's kind of hard to get rid of him, don't you think? Uh, I mean, I know it's Ryan Tannehill, but if he... If he's gone on, like, a really hot streak and takes him two rounds into the playoffs. Yeah, dude, he didn't he didn't play very well. No well, time. he isn't
1: very good. Right. So then you probably want to move on. From, if you could, Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill, who are you taking?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, I'm going with Brady. As much as I hate the guy, I, I got to take him. I mean, and I should clarify, I don't hate Tom Brady. I hate the idea of Tom Brady. Tom yeah, Brady, seems like, a, like a, I don't like know good what guy. he's like as a guy. I've never met him. I don't know anything about the dude other than... You know, I know about as much as about him personally as I do Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who I didn't realize got divorced in 2016. (laughs) All right, let's move along to something else we know about football uh, and the Cowboys specifically. So you mentioned Mike McCarthy off the top of the show. We know that the former Packers coach got hired as the new uh, Cowboys coach. We thought we were on like some big. You know, recruiting mission by Jerry. We thought they were going to do something sexy and splashy. We'd speculated about rumors of oh, McDaniel's and, and Brady would go over there. We liked that idea. In the end, they just go with Mike McCarthy, um, Skip Bayless, the world's biggest Cowboys fan alive, a buddy of mine. I want to say, uh, tweeted this after Coach Clap, Jason Garrett. I wanted some charisma, magnetism, fiery leadership. Mike McCarthy makes Jason Garrett look like a dynamic motivator. So I think, I think skip is summing up, uh, what all of us kind of thought with this hire. Um, just like, okay, I guess Mike McCarthy, that's not how you turn things around. What are we missing here? Why why was this maybe a good move? Well, we've been over the,
1: this before, haven't we? You're the one who brought this to my attention. Boring is good, right? Yeah, I guess so. Boring is good. Um, yeah, okay, so this is interesting for, for many reasons. Um, one is that, obviously, there was no big public search, right? We heard about Marvin Lewis, and we heard about um, Mike McCarthy. That was it. And it felt very obvious that the Cowboys wanted to target an experienced offensive coach to help Dak Prescott, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because that's your, your number one asset. And you have to make sure that you get him developed. And so they went that route. Now, did they talk to Urban Meyer? Probably. Did they... Call Lincoln Riley, probably. I'm sure that they put out feelers on Matt Rule and, and all those guys, and they might have all said no. But it's very
2: clear. Wow, Matt, that, Matt Rule turned him down? They,
1: it was very clear they wanted an experienced offensive coach um, to, make, to, make, you know, to have this job. Uh, they also was reported they wanted Dan Mullen as their college coach, which he's known to have a, a long record of developing quarterbacks. The one thing that's interesting about McCarthy – is the way we talk about him. And this goes back to a little bit of the Matt Rule discussion. So, in Green Bay, he got stale. Now, I know that a lot of his players, TJ Lang, he loves Mike McCarthy. And you might love Mike McCarthy. He might be a great dude. He seems like a good good guy. But his offense did get stale. And part of that is Aaron Rodgers didn't do what he was supposed to do. I and mean, there's a lot of reasons why. But number one was that it just got stale. There was no motion. There was no uniqueness to the offense. No new plays. It got stale. So, This past year, we've seen through Peter King interview through NFL Network piece as well that he has spent this offseason or this season, I should say, watching film and deciding how to prepare for his next coaching job, went to PFF for six hours, and he decides he wanted a big analytic team, an eight-person analytic team in his new job and some new ideas and whatnot. The thing I caution, Gabe, is we've kind of heard this before from a lot of coaches (laughs) that they're going to change, and they most often don't. So... If McCarthy does change and becomes a different coach, then I think a great hire. If he becomes the same old coach he was in Green Bay, probably not going to be a great hire. So I guess the question is, do you believe everything we've heard about him the last month, that he has kind of rebranded himself as this forward guy and has always been a guy that embraces And he has gone for a fourth down more than most have, which is a big you know analytics movement idea. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I, he's got to... He's got to do something different offense. He's got to come out with a different offense.
2: Okay, so let's unpack a little bit of this. I don't think you can fully understand Mike McCarthy until you sort of look at his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And you really got to go back into the history of this. Well, you know, so Mike McCarthy signals the change from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Rides Aaron Rodgers for a decade through some of the best quarterbacking we've ever seen. Maybe comes up a little short in terms of rings with just one, but like explosive offense with a world-beating quarterback almost every year. Then after, you know, they've been together for a long, long time, it seems like Aaron sort of dips on him. Aaron just is tired of him and doesn't want to listen to him. And all the reports last offseason were like, yeah, man, Aaron just ain't coachable any longer. McCarthy's given up. He's lost the locker room. Rodgers has lost the locker room. It's a mess. Okay, so my question about Mike McCarthy is, is that his fault? Is that Aaron Rodgers becoming too big of a personality and being too strong willed? Like, what's the source of blame there? Because if he's successful with Dak Prescott, the same trajectory would happen, right? Like he Dak would turn into Aaron and get sick of Mike and stop listening to him. And would Mike just fold up like he did for three years in Green Bay? I don't know. I really don't know. So you know th- that I think is part of why does this guy deserve another chance? Was it him getting worked by his quarterback, or was it him just being kind of a lazy, lazy coach by the end of his career?
1: Um, I don't know if we have a great answer for that. Um, I think if you look at what's happened this year with Matt Lafleur, and this is a dime a little bit on on, on McCarthy that they're thirteen three this yeah, year. Yeah, I'd say left. Um, and there seems to be issues at times during you know in games. And it happened a lot in that Lions game with the Packers where. Aaron Rodgers kind of just was doing his own thing for a little bit again. It felt like he was not in the rhythm of the offense, which has been a problem. And, and that is a problem in McCarthy's offense. Now, the reason why that happened in McCarthy's offense was because he didn't trust McCarthy to, to basically call the right play, right? he would gotten so boring and stale and that people knew what was coming that Rodgers just did his own thing. Okay. So, it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Like did Rogers do his own thing? Because he doesn't like him. Did he do it? because He didn't trust McCarthy. Did McCarthy that not like Rogers? Like, I don't know what was, what came first, but there was dysfunction there in green Bay. Now, Dak Prescott's younger. He seems to be more um, open to, to, you know, probably McCarthy's offense and designs. He does not seem like a guy that's going to go out there and just do whatever he wants. He doesn't have the natural gifted ability that Rogers does. Rogers was able to do all this stuff because he's, just that gifted, and he's able to, to throw the ball not in rhythm because he's got a cannon of an arm and great accuracy. Dak is not Aaron Rodgers. Like Dak can't afford to not play in the system. So that's why I think you, it, it's going to be different this time around with the chemistry between Dak and McCarthy, but it doesn't mean they're going to win a Super Bowls. I just, so, I just, but yeah.
2: though in that, in that that's a good explanation. Thank you for that. I, it would require then that Dak Prescott, who would get max money as a quarterback – also then think of himself as a system guy who has to listen to the coach instead of the top guy out there. And we know that he's starting to feel himself right now. So I just, I worry because it seems like he's walking into a situation he has not really been able to manage before. I would also make this point. Being a head coach is not exactly the same, but something like being a a producer for a really big name talent, right? And there are times when I've seen producers just kind of throw their arms up and go like, I can't do anything. This guy's not going to listen. He's just going to do what he wants to do. He wants to make the the you know, first segment of the show all about this random crap no one cares about. I can't talk him off it. I'm just going to sit here and make sure the graphics look good. And that's all they do. And that's sort of the same thing it seems like Mike McCarthy was doing with a talent like Rodgers. Just like I can't I can't do anything. He's just going to throw it wherever he wants. What do you want from me? I'm going to just take take a few days off. So I kind of understand the the thought process. It's just that ain't going to work in Dallas. Correct, and so I, I that's why I I think look, look
1: from what McCarthy said about just you know wanting to wanting to reinvent himself, I mean this is part of the reinvention and we'll see if he actually does it.
2: Do you buy this Charles Robinson of Yahoo tweeted Here's something about Mike McCarthy that should encourage Dallas Cowboys fans. Remember how how remember how down many people were about Andy Reed when it unraveled in Philadelphia? What Reed needed was a change and a fresh start. Good, successful coaches can have great second lives in the NFL. Do you buy that?
1: I mean, Andy Reid made five NFC Championship games. Like, what are you talking about?
2: Okay, I didn't think you were going to buy that. You like, got, you what gotta, are we you, talking about? go. Cape up for Big Red. Let's hear like,
1: it. I don't understand. Andy Reid was great in Philly, too, the entire time he was there. It's like minus
2: like one year. All right, but do you buy the He's, idea that like a fresh yeah, start is... Yeah, of course. Okay. Of
1: course, that's a thing, right, but bad example, I, don't, right? I don't know why Andy Reid was the... Pro- I would have used like Belichick as the example who was okay, okay in Cleveland and became great in and like... Uh, it's so, so funny, how we, it's so it's so interesting how, and look, I get it, how much a Super Bowl win changes the way we look at, at coaches. If Andy Reid had a Super Bowl win, he'd be untouchable, which is our next topic. I think we're getting into that from, a, from the Saints side. Um, but, it, you know, he'd be untouchable. But he doesn't have that ring, so like McCarthy's talked about in the same sentence as Andy Reid, which is kind of disrespectful
2: to Andy Reid. Yeah, I agree with that, except that also, you know, You got to win a ring if you've coached in the league and you're considered one of the best. Which is
1: correct. No, and and that's fair. And he's had failures in the playoffs. But um, I just don't think he has like his – I don't think he has uh, the respect that he probably deserves because of that.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh. All right, so you, you sort of mentioned the Saints. Sean Payton gets plenty of respect because he has a ring. And he's had great offenses, great teams for most of the last 10 years. A few down years, but mostly overachieved in New Orleans. um, And has obviously helped turn Drew Brees into a Hall of Famer. But Drew Brees is 41 years old and starting to tilt in the wrong direction, we think. So they lose the other day, and the net result of that game, besides being just a heartbreaker for Saints fans, is everyone. Everyone on Earth, everyone on Twitter, including Drew Brees, I would add, is in love with Taysom Hill. Here's Drew Brees talking about Taysom after the loss.
0: It's unbelievable. I mean, truly. There's nobody like him. Um, in fact, I think, I think on, that, on that drive, I think uh, he might have been the guy to get the first down. And then he throws the, the, the pass. And then, Block. and then he's blocking for Alvin to score. I mean, come on. It's the NFL. This is the NFL we're talking about here, right? Uh, not, you know, Pee Wee.
2: All right, so Drew Brees is loving on uh, Taysom Hill, and he's right. The guy can run, catch, block, throw. Um, He almost won the game for the Saints. So he was in the game late in the fourth, took a direct snap for a huge third down conversion. Two plays later, takes a snap for a 28-yard gain, gets him to the 20. Looks like they're going to score a go-ahead touchdown. Then, uh uh-oh, Drew Brees, sack fumble, ball goes the other direction. They limp their way into OT. They lose an OT. I saw people saying, why didn't they stick with Taysom? It was working. Now I see people saying it's time to move on from Drew Brees. We got Taysom. He should be the quarterback. Jeff, is this dumb or really, really dumb? Uh, it's really, really dumb. Okay. I think you. I think you called this in a text message this weekend
1: that uh, the people be calling for Drew Brees to to, to, to get the heave ho. Um, and and by the way, one of the best tweets of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> about the situation uh, was put out by PFT Commenter. If you want know, you know, to check out that tweet uh, about uh, Taysom Hill and Tebow, it's fantastic. I know uh, that right, you
2: wait, 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 wait. You can't just tease it and tell people to go look at it and then not tell them what he said. All right,
1: let me pull it up here. I, I didn't. It I said got he, it. I'm ready for right this. Is. You ready? Taysom Hill is faster than Tebow. Bullshit. Better passer than Tebow. Shut More up. Christian than Tebow. Wow. Better punt protector than Tebow. Only question now is can he hit better than 179 in AA? <laughs> All right. All
2: right. <laughs> That's okay. That was the secondary part of this topic, is a comparison to Ugh. Tebow. I want to get into that for real because I think it's unfair to Tim. But of course, Tays- Taysom Hill got everyone excited because you know he's a change of pace guy and yeah. he picked up some first downs. And he and Drew said it. He can block. He can catch. He's a, he's an everything guy. But should he be the replacement for Drew Brees? Are we is that where we think this guy should be?
1: Um. Real, real quick, uh, we, this, real, I'm gonna, this is a breaking news right now. It's, it's important to discuss because I don't know who this person is. Um, the Giants are hiring Patriots special teams coach and wide receiver coach Joe
2: Judge. No, come on. That's not a person. It's a real person. Ian Rapport. Joe Judge? Yeah. Man, they missed out on Rule, didn't they? Yeah. They had to go from Rule to Joe Judge? Uh, yeah. That's, that's going to be the head coach? Or yes. like, <laughs> okay. Uh, what do we know about Joe Judge? Zuri's uh, no. throwing his arms up. I've never heard of the man. No, never heard of the man. Okay. Uh, oh, do, do we
1: make like a, like an all rise joke for the judge or something?
2: Fire away. This is live, know, man. I mean, like, we like, haven't had any time to plan for this. I, I don't know what. What do you? What do you even say to this? Uh, listen, I'll tell you what. I, one thing is sure. The New York Post headline writers are throwing everything on the board right now. Every judge pun you can think of is going to be considered for the that. back that's page this morning. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay, so we're going, like, way down the list of guys. They didn't even try to get McDaniels. They went for some dude who reports to him? Who reports to Bill. Okay. Wow. Joe Judge. Well, um, I guess I don't have to ask if, if that's the answer in New York. We, we don't know, and we don't think so yet, right? This kills Sheck's theory. Sheck thought that the... Giants were going to bring Belichick himself, not like some clipboard holder for Belichick. He thought Bill was going to New York. Guess not. I guess not. Wow. Gather gather yourself around that idea before we go back to Taysom Hill.
1: I don't even know. Like, okay, well, let's go back to Taysom Hill. Sorry for the interruption, but important news, breaking the podcast, got to cover it. So here's the thing about Taysom Hill. Um, The Saints should have Drew Brees next year. Taysom Hill, you only threw the ball eight times this year. It's really great that you can have a guy that, that can throw the ball, can run the ball, can block Drew all right. It's a great change of pace. But the problem I have with the Saints is they came out flat again in a big situation, and they continue to make little mistakes on the coaching side. I don't know why Sean Payne – oh, well, I do know why he gets a pass, obviously, won a Super Bowl. But they lost as touchdown favorites in Seattle. They lost as eight-point favorites here. Even last year, I know the pass interference was obviously an issue, but there were game management issues. There were game management issues on Sunday as well. The way they, they used the clock at the end of the game, the multiple third down weird play calls. Um, why does Sean Payne get a pass? His team is, continu- is continuously good, but doesn't ever cash in on it. And they almost look worse sometimes in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, and it looked like Taysom Hill was going to be his new magic bean that got him out of that criticism. Right. Right. So leaving the timeout, you know, he didn't use it when he could have. And his secret weapon would have been the way he advanced and got the people off his back. Um, But but then he pulled him right right when Taysom Hill started getting rolling. Literally, he went back to breeze and breeze fumbled. So.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, look, I, I get why you, you go back to the Hall of Famer. Um, you know, there's only part of it, too, Gabe, is there's only a limited number of plays kind of in that in that Taysom Hill package. Like He's not running Drew Brees' plays. You know, there's probably 10 plays in that package. And eventually the 10 plays are up and you just can't go. You know, obviously teams will figure it out pretty quickly what you're doing. And so you probably want to save a couple of those plays for later in the game or another you know, next week or whatever. So I get why they went back to Drew Brees.
2: So explain that a little bit to to fans who are listening, and, and maybe this seems obvious to people, but what you just said is important. Whenever the new sexy thing comes along, and everyone sees one great drive, and, and with Taysom, we've had a few of these. like He's blown up Twitter a few times this year, where it's like, oh my god, look at that. He, he's catching the ball now. Oh my, he ran for a first down. Look at him throwing it. He threw the deepest... Completion of the year for the Saints, or the deepest in a couple of years, I no, think. Was,
1: I mean, it was, yeah, the ball's in the air for 12 seconds.
2: Yeah, okay. So, like, everyone thinks he can do everything, but if you actually put him on the field for 60 snaps a game, you're saying he's exposed quickly? Like, he he's just some guy? Well, no,
1: no, no. I'm saying that, 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 that right now, the package they have for him in a game is, because Teddy Bridgewater is the backup quarterback, not Taysom Hill. Right. So the package they have for him in games is just a limited Taysom Hill package. So it's like, you know, it's two or th- it's probably more than two runs, but like four or five runs, right? They have a, probably a quarterback sweep. They have, you know, the in, the, the zone reads. They probably have uh, one other, you know, a quarterback power, let's say. And then they have maybe one or two passes off of that. I mean, that's probably it. Five plays. I mean, it's not like they have a, a bunch of plays for him at quarterback. He's not running Drew Brees plays. Um, so that's why like, eventually you just can't, I mean, you can keep doing it, but you really don't have all that in you're not practicing it terribly much. You're practicing the plays for Drew Brees all the time. So I get when they went back to Brees.
2: Okay. And so next year, Drew Brees looking kind of old, um, set some big records this year, but overall, you know, didn't look as good as he has always looked and lost this big game at the end. So they go back to Brees and try it one more time. Oh, yes. They okay. have to. Yeah. All right, interesting note. Thank you, Zuri. Uh, Taysom Hill named after Taysom Rotary Park, located in his hometown in Idaho. I don't know why that is. I won't speculate about why his family named him after a park. But, I mean, maybe he was destined to be a football guy, you know, named after a field. <laughs> Let's move along. Number four topic of the day. Even though we snuck in some Matt Rule and then, of course, Joe Judge. Now we're going to get to something we planned, which is a big game between the Chiefs who are big favorites this weekend against the Houston J.J. Watts. Um, J.J. and company will be playing Pat Mahomes um, coming off a bye and a six-game win streak, but but the worst loss of the year for the Chiefs in the AFC came against those Texans. Troublesome. Um, And that was without... J.J. Watt, I will remind you. No, I think he would play that game. Oh, well, I just wanted to say his name one more time. Uh, oh, what, because they don't show enough on the telecast? No, never get, enough.
1: You need to get it in? Let's go,
2: guys. Come on, let's go. Let's we sh- go. They should have a mega cast, call it a J.J. cast, and just have a screen up of him at all times so we can always look at J.J. Watt because I've never gotten tired of that. <sighs> uh, Deshaun ran for two touchdowns in that game. Hyde ran for 100-plus in yeah. a touchdown. Their run game worked against the Chiefs. Uh, it was a problem, and... Jokes aside, now they have a better looking – the Texans have a better looking team overall, okay? So, and I don't know. I'm worried about those Chiefs as huge favorites. I feel like this could be a big, big problem for them at home.
1: Um. All right, so I know you're doing this just to troll me. But, no, I'm not. Um, the Texans are not a good football team, all right? No, they're just not a good team. Now they're in the playoffs. Obviously, they won a game they probably shouldn't have won because the Bills' offense cannot stretch out any any leads because Josh Allen. We saw how that went down. Um, but you know the the Texans are basically Deshaun Watson and um and uh, Hopkins in a fuller place. I mean, they're three guys. Um, and those three guys have to make up for a lot of coaching. Do you know that the Bill O'Brien has now coached four home playoff games with the current. You know, with this current kind of um, team. and I know Deshaun Watson wasn't there for one, for maybe one or two of them. How many times has he been shut out in the first half of four home playoff games?
2: Uh, three?
1: Yeah, three. Mm. Three! Three home right. playoff games been shut out. That's atrocious. That's terrible. yeah um, they're just not a good team, and I think that we need to get in. And if you look at, at DVOA, which I, which I enjoy, of course, with football outsiders, it measures efficiency, right? So, uh, you know, if, if it's third and two, and you get a three yard run, that's obviously good. If it's first and ten, you get a three yard run, that's obviously bad. So that's how I mean that's the easiest way to put it. Yep. Um, Houston is twenty third in the NFL right now in DVOA. The other seven teams in the playoffs are one, two, or one. Excuse me, one, three, four, five, seven, nine, and twelve. Houston is barely holding on barely. their defense right now their weighted defense is one of the worst than they're twenty seventh in defense at the moment um they're just they're not very good and I think that we we often forget um that um earlier games in the season between non-division opponents I think are weighted too heavily the way we we look at things right the chiefs in week six were missing. I think Tyreek Hills It was his first game back from injury. They missed Sammy Watkins, Hitchens, Eric Fisher, left tackle. Mahomes was beat up. They just they, they didn't have dudes. Okay, this is a, they're both different teams. The Texans are better on the offensive line. JJ Watt's back. You know, Fuller is injured, so that changes the way you know that they play in the game. The Chiefs are better defensively. They're healthy now. I don't think this game is actually close at all. I mean, th- there has to be like a bunch of weird plays, which unfortunately the the uh the chiefs have had an unfortunate playoffs but I, I just i can't i cannot see
2: this game being close like weird plays like jj J. watt playing tight end like in something the, like that, in the red yes. zone something something cool like that with jj J. watt don't you think though that like jj J. watt's presence makes deshaun watson better um no that must be well, a real well, thing if, You're, you play football. Mean, you football don't you think it, that I some mean, defensive guy can I, inspire I, his I think- I think that
1: Saki had inspired the team in the game. So yes.
2: <laughs> why are you Why are you accepting this total horseshit out of me? Why Why, why would you go see yes that?
1: No no, no, no. I'm saying that exact play. Okay, helped the team because they held him to a field goal. Like I don't know. I don't think JJ Watt makes Sean Watson better, but I think that that exact
2: play he had. Yeah, well, him doing his job the team. it makes that if he's right. good on defense, they're a better team. We know that.
1: Right. So that's that's my answer. I don't yeah. think emotionally it means anything. I
2: don't think even. Oh my some god! Of them and by the way.
1: Way, oh my God, Matt Rule got $60 million from the Panthers. 60,
2: 60? 60? <laughs> <Six zero. laughs> my guy, Matt Rule, man. Seven years, $60 million. Can't wait to hear what Joe Judge is getting. I know. Uh, all right, we're, we're spinning off the rails here. Y- you think the Chiefs clobbered the Texans. You're on record saying you don't think it's close. If Vegas thinks it's not going to be close, and you're saying more than that. I'm surprised. For all my J.J. Watt jokes, I do wonder if he, they... The defensive unit can keep it closer than most against the Chiefs. And Watson looks like, yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, the first half is almost always garbage for the Texans. But the second half, that dude's a magician.
1: Yeah, but if you get, if you get down 21-3, you're not being the Chiefs.
2: I don't know, man. Deshaun seems like he can kind of do anything in the fourth quarter. He's really got it. I, and that's such a stupid thing to say. I have nothing to support that other than it he seems like right. he always figures it out. That play... That play to help them win on uh, on Sunday was outrageous, just outrageous. Correct. And I, like, I don't think there's anyone left in the playoffs who can do that. Lamar Lamar could arguably like do it, but then he just would have kept on running. Like he never would have been in that situation in the first place. They wouldn't have gotten two guys on him. I, I just think he's the best scrambling playmaker there is, especially late in games. So I, I, it's probably going to be the most fun game to watch this weekend. Over under was fifty and a half. What are you taking on that?
1: Um. I would lean under. Lean under. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. You're really betting on the Chiefs defense. You you have faith in them. I like it. This week I do, yeah.
1: Okay. Because and I'll give you one more one more thing why before this is an actual like uh like smart thing, not just a jokey thing. Um, the Texans are very bad at when teams pressure them, they let a guy free all the time. Like they like on the play Deshaun Watson made, they never make adjustments to that. For whatever reason, they let Deshaun Watson throw hot all the time, it's called all the time. The Chiefs blitz a ton lately, and they're going to find ways to get guys in his face. And that Houston has shown no ability to adjust to that whatsoever.
2: Okay, well, I mean, we're going to find out what what comes of all that. I, I'm watching Honey Badger this weekend. That's the guy I want to keep a close eye on. I think he's going to make some plays.
1: We're down to eight teams left in the postseason, and The Athletic has specific shows for four of those teams. If you're a Chiefs fan, you've got Time's Hours with Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor, and Josh Briscoe. The Vikings, check out Straight Cash with Chad Graff, Arif Hassan. If you're a Niners fan, check out Here's the Catch with Dave Lombardi and Matt Burrows. And if you're a Seahawks fan, your show has Seahawks Man-to-Man with Michael Sean Duggar and co-host Christopher Kidd. So listen or hate listen to any of these shows as the playoffs continue and we'll work our way towards Super Bowl 54 in beautiful Miami. Um,
2: we're going to move the line over under game. We like to play uh, days after the Super Bowl before the NFL changes this absurd P.I. rule. Point five days. Um. Till they after oh you mean after the season's over? Well, as soon as the season ends and it's time to change things, how long does it take? Oh,
1: it, it, it's the first thing that they change at the coaches' meeting, like in March. Done. Okay. First thing, it's bye bye goodbye.
2: Uh, do you think that it, at this point we're all just piling on? Like,
1: yes, I'm tired. I am so tired of the whining about officiating. I'm tired of it. Look, we had 508 plays this weekend, and two of them people were whining about. Just two. Yeah. Okay, it was a good weekend of officiating, folks. All right. I don't think they should overturn that OPI. And yes, if you want to flag J.J. Van Clowney, sure thing. But at full speed, which is the way the game is played, it looks like a clean hit. Obviously, slow motion is a little different. Um, Was he trying to hit him in the back? Yeah, it was a dirty hit, most likely. I don't think it's like a thing that's so offensive that we need to have our clutch our pearls about. Um, But in full speed, which is the way the game is played, mind you, the officials probably thought it was a clean hit, which I would understand in full speed, which is the way officials see the game. I think the, the whining about officiating, Gabe, is getting out of control. The reason why you guys think the game is being ruined, even though even though ratings continue to go up, I think they're up seven percent this weekend, most watched wildcard game ever, right? Patriots Titans, sorry Titans fans, it wasn't for you. Um, and and the reason why you think it's being ruined is because you are trying to ruin it by your in, non nonsensical whining all the time about officiating. Just grow up, everybody, please. We understand that OPI at the, end of the game was not being called. It was never being called. It, that, that that exact play happens 15 times a game. All right, just because it's the end of the game doesn't make it any more important than it does in the third quarter. It's just, it's just the whining has got to stop. Please stop it.
2: So you're just to clarify for people, you're you're referring to the Rudolph, yes, OPI. Okay, fine. So I think if that's not against the Saints, we also aren't talking about it. Correct. I don't think that's just a, an official's complaint and that theme. That's the ongoing. You know, next year, however the Saints are eliminated, we're going to have to look to some conspiracy there just to prove that it's the fourth year in a row. So, okay, I mean, I'm with you. I think we all got to stop crying about it. Um, It was an overreaction to put some of these rules in place. Uh, It will be the right decision to get rid of some of these rules. We should all toughen up and watch football and accept that there's going to be some contact and calling this game is hard. You said 508 calls and two are being debated and one probably doesn't need to be debated at all. So that's pretty good weekend. Yeah. All right. Um, Over under seven and a half rush yards from Marshawn Lynch versus the Packers this weekend.
1: Um, I'll just go over for fun. I'd probably not, probably nothing.
2: He rushed for seven yards, but a touchdown, seven yards last week against the Eagles. You think, is there any reason to keep him in the, in the game plan? He's served his purpose, right? And 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 he had
1: a a great, he had a great, like, uh, like stiff arm, um, like great stiff arm on, on a pass play.
2: Yeah, I mean, and he, listen, we knew they were pretty transparent. They signed him for, like, a boost of energy. It got him, you know, the win they needed. It, it's Now it has them with momentum in the playoffs. Who knows what they might they might be able to surprise people uh, this uh, Sunday afternoon in Green Bay. I mean, Marshawn is part of the, the new energy, but he isn't the best running back on the team. This guy Homer no. looks like a better ball carrier.
1: No, look, Marshawn Lynch was never going to be the best runner on this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, Russell, by the way, you've talked a lot this season about how Notice that Russell, as mobile as he is, is not a guy who runs when it counts. Well, he ran nine times for the most yards of any of them this weekend.
1: Well, because he, you know, he doesn't. That's not what I said. (laughs) What I said is. I like
2: misquoting you, Jeff. It fires you up. What
1: I said is that. He he is not. I would not consider him a rushing quarterback. I think he does it all costs to avoid running. But obviously, when it opens up, he has to do it. Now, these aren't design runs, right? There's a difference, and I think you're referring to Lamar Jackson. The difference between Russell Wilson scrambling because no one's open and, and he has to versus design runs. He's not. They're not design runs. He accounted for ninety five percent of their offense. By the way, this weekend. By the way, DK
2: Metcalf, congrats, dude, you, you're good, man. I like love, I love watching you play. Are you still using that nickname, Decaf Metcalf? Oh, sorry.
1: Decaf Metcalf, sorry. I said DK, but DK... But he's decaf not Decaf Metcalf.
2: anymore. He's like a double shot of espresso now. Espresso Metcalf? That doesn't sound as good. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to work on that one. To put that in the file with the Joe Judge puns. We'll come up uh, with something.
1: Joe Judge uh, was a special teams coordinator for both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. That's how. That's oh, why, that, That's why. his thing.
2: So he's just the most boring person on earth. He's Probably. never been late to a meeting. That's all we know about the guy. Probably, Ugh. yeah. All right. Um, okay moving along another guy who uh who came up under belichick and now looks like a winner odds mike vrabel puts on pads and tackles lamar jackson himself this weekend one percent
1: very high do you think
2: it might happen um, okay me I, too
1: i I'm, i as much as titan fans annoy me on twitter i think vrabel said he'd cut something off of his body if they won the super bowl so i kind of have to root for him to to
2: see if he'd, he'd actually do that he i'm pretty sure he did say that he was obviously kidding we think but, um,
1: he, I mean, I, I mean, at that point, he's, he's been married a while, has had multiple kids. Does he really he doesn't need the tip of it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess if you're gonna do it with the right anesthesia and proper surgery, you're in sure. I mean, he, listen, he's a successful guy. I'm sure he could get the best medical care. It's a real question would he consider it? I, I mean, I wouldn't, but I'm not Mike Vrabel. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. So you think, uh, let me ask you this, a real question, not about the man's manhood. Um, is being a player's coach, is being a rah-rah guy who meets the players halfway to the sideline, high-fives them all, slaps them on the ass, having a scowl on your face all the time, is all, being young, frankly, just being a young guy, is that helpful? Like, do players really respond um, to that? Because that's the type of BS I, we say. But
1: I, I, I think it depends on, on, on the coach, man. I really, It really does. Um I think that young coaches can, can bring a lot of energy and Vrabel having you know, being a former player. But look, Andy Reid is not Vrabel and people respect him. I, I think there's there's no one size fits all, honestly. There really isn't.
2: But I mean these guys on the team grew up watching him
1: yeah, do special that, stuff that, that, in that Super Bowl. That doesn't
2: matter. That does not matter. Did you ever no. play for a former player who, you know
1: I mean, I played Andy Heck was my offensive line coach in, in Kansas City. He was number one draft pick in like nineteen eighty five, played like fifteen years in the NFL. I mean, obviously, it was great that he was um, that he was, um, uh, you know, he, he understood the game because he played, so he didn't give you a lot of crap if you screwed up in certain situations. By the way, Greg Bedard tweets out, and this is to your point about Joe Judge. As we continue to, to bring him up through the podcast, Judge is a really good coach who will be good in the room, but this might be a little early for him. He's not exactly Mister
2: Personality. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> think so. I mean, if be- if Belichick and Sabin have passed him back and forth. Uh, personality is definitely not a specialty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, last uh, over-under of the day, and then we'll get to some social stuff. Uh, Tua draft selection. He he officially declared. We all thought it was coming, but it's it's official now. He's leaving BAM. He's going to the draft. So draft selection for Tua uh, before or after the fifth-and-a-half pick. Which side of that are you on? Um,
1: I think he goes before. I, I think I said earlier that, I, that I, didn't, I didn't think he'd go in the first round, but I kind of feel like he will now.
2: Um but you know, some of I, the teams that would have been interested actually started winning some games. Like Miami was where everyone was thinking, and then I, they may not use the pick on him now. Like where does he go? I, 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 so
1: okay, so here's here's what I think would happen. I mean, Miami takes him early, you know, in the top five, I think five, and then he could sit on pup for a year, make or at least half a season, at least, and feel and get really healthy, and then come back for the for the end of season 1. I mean like that makes a ton of sense if you're Miami. So
2: almost like redshirting him essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. Wow. Okay, and I think the
1: value with the 5th year option and the and the potential of Tua and the ability to you know Miami still has a bunch of first round draft picks so they can still get other players, right? Besides, you know they have okay, we got our quarterback, good. We still have two more first round draft picks. You know, we can either move up or down or we can just draft two players in those spots. Like they have they'll, they'll get plenty of talent anyways if they
2: draft two at five like, i don't think it's an overreach if you think he's your guy all right so it's Bengals, skins lions giants i wouldn't dolphins. count the
1: lions out either yeah i, don't I mean know what Stafford's contract is like but yeah
2: well i mean you'd be getting a guy with a dislocated hip to sit behind a guy with a broken back and i'm not trying to make a joke about Matt stafford but honestly he had a broken back so they they're obviously gonna need a quarterback eventually um so Bengals, no way. We think they're going Burrow. Skins, they like Haskins, we think. There'd be no point in bringing another young guy in. I think he slips past the Dolphins where the Dolphins move the pick. And I think, just like we talked about with Brady earlier, I think the Chargers make a reach here and just hope for the best. It's it's something. It's fresh blood that, that can help fill a stadium up. If it works, they got their guy forever. L.A. will love him. You know, he's from out here. Oh, well. As far as this is the yeah. closest big city to where he grew up in Hawaii, um, I, I I could see that happening before I see Miami, but who knows? Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up with a little bit of social here. Um, you know what we do? We try to keep track of some things people are tweeting at you or in conversations you're engaged with. Uh, I'll read this one for you. It's from David Reese ninety two. How important are training staffs, and do players typically think about them at all when deciding what teams to sign with in free agency? That's an interesting question.
1: Um, I would say probably no because you kind of most people go where the where the money's at um but I think that like with the redskins, for example, who've now revamped their whole training staff it, it just becomes an issue where if someone has an equal offer, they'll go somewhere else, obviously right, but you really don't know a lot about a training staff till you get there um and now everyone has their own people like they have their own um you know, you know they, they have their own um uh, rehab guys they fly them in so the the training staff is not as important as it was in the past i don't think it matters very much
2: oh so so baker didn't screw up his chances of getting free agents when he threw his training staff under the bus
0: i don't think so okay
2: fair enough um well jeff i think you've made us smarter today uh not only with your Clarifications on all the silly takes that swirl out there, but also with your breaking news, we we covered Matt Rule got hired by the Panthers and is going to make 60 million over seven years. Someone named Joe Judge, who used to work for Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the New York Giants. This is this is odd. Now we've got a few coaches in a row who are not big names ending up in New York. I don't know how that's going to land. We'll look for the New York Post tomorrow. Um, and you helped us make a little few bets and uh, and pick some smart things for for games coming this Wild Card weekend. Excuse me, divisional weekend. Divisional. Um, weekend divisional weekend so um thank you as always you can sign us off and uh, i know you have another show on thursday
1: yeah we're we'll back thursday this was a great show Yeah, we, we got a lot in here uh, it's fun to react to, to playoff weekend and, and coaches uh, getting hired great time of year uh, for the nfl it's one of the, the better weeks and, and weekends so glad you guys are able to join us find us obviously on itunes google uh play google podcast also of course the athletic and the athletic.com we'll be back thursday take care everyone